there, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today, I want to talk to you about the cure for boredom. Now, being a mom of six kids and having full-time ministry and all the other things I do, I don't really struggle with boredom in this season of my life, but there have been seasons in the past when I definitely struggled with it. And I know a lot of young women who talk to me say that they struggle with just feeling bored and unclear on how to spend their time. Really what boredom boils down to is a lack of clear purpose. I think young women today often want to do something meaningful with their lives, but they don't know what or how. They don't really want to spend their lives sitting around on Facebook, texting on their phones, and just watching movies and reality TV shows, but that is what is so normal in the culture, and pretty soon, if you start doing those things, that can take over your entire life, and that can lead to a real sense of no purpose, no clear vision for what your life is supposed to be about, and that can lead to boredom. As soon as things are not that exciting on Facebook, you kind of don't have anything else you can spend your time on. In this country, there really is a of young people without any kind of spiritual employment. And sadly, a lot of times when we go to church, we're we're taught or maybe it's just implied that the Christian life is all about us and we should just think about our comforts and what we want to do and what's fun for us. And when we build our lives around selfish things and selfish pursuits, it's going to lead to a lack of true purpose. You know, the common solution for boredom that you might hear from other people or self-help type of books out there or magazines, find things you love to do, plug into a good community, discover what makes you unique, go after your dreams. Those phrases might sound familiar to you because that's the culture solution when you're bored and you don't have clear purpose. Now, not all of those things are completely wrong in themselves, but very often they keep us focused on ourselves. What makes me special? What makes me unique? What do I like to do? What are my specific tastes? What is my dream for my life, etc.? And living for yourself will never bring you true fulfillment or a true sense of purpose. The more you live for yourself, the more you're going to struggle with boredom and lack of vision and lack of purpose because that is not how God designed us to live. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a section where Solomon is talking about all of the earthly pleasures and comforts and successes that he achieved. I mean, the fulfillment of everything the world would say, this will make you happy. And his conclusion at the end of all of it was, this is vanity. It's not really what life is all about. What is the biblical solution for lack of purpose or for boredom? The biblical solution is embracing a poured out life. Now, we've talked about the poured out life and sacrificial living on other podcasts, but I want to look deeper at this and get really practical with what that can mean for you if you're struggling with boredom or lack of purpose in your own life. James 1.27 talks about pure religion and undefiled before God is to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. And it's easy to grasp the idea of keeping ourselves unspotted from the world as being, you know, of course, that God would consider that pure and undefiled religion. But what about visiting orphans and widows in their distress? It seems just as important to God in this verse as keeping ourselves unspotted from the world, which is really interesting to think about. And in Matthew 25, 40, Jesus says that whatever you have done to the least of these, you have done to me, specifically talking about meeting the practical needs of those who are weak. So often, young women today are obsessed with trying to find their destiny, their purpose, their personality, what makes them special and unique and what they should be doing with their life. 
But like I said earlier, they are only going to find true purpose when they are busy about their father's business. So last episode, we talked about mentoring young women and the battle over today's young women. And this is a key message to communicate if you have young women in your life that are struggling with lack of purpose. If they focus on themselves, they are never going to find the purpose that they seek. And if you're struggling with that yourself, remember, it doesn't start by turning inward. It starts by turning outward. That's when you begin to have a clear purpose and vision for your life. You will find true purpose and you will never be bored if you are busy building the kingdom of God. If you are going where Jesus goes, if you're doing the things that Jesus does, when you are becoming his hands and his feet to this lost and dying world, your life will become one grand adventure. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it does mean you will never be bored. God hasn't designed us to be bored and lacking in purpose. He has good works that he has prepared in advance that we should walk in them. So the reality is we need to take our eyes off ourselves and what we want and say, Lord, I am available to you. And as soon as you begin to have that heart attitude, God will begin bringing opportunities your way where you can turn outward and show his love. And pretty soon you will not ever describe your life as being marked by boredom. So let's look at this practically. How can we prepare for a purposeful life? How can we walk in those good works that he has prepared in advance for us to walk in? In 1890, Catherine Booth wrote these words, It will be a happy day for England when Christian ladies transfer their attentions from poodles and terriers to destitute and starving children. She reminded women that living for pleasure and filling their days with eating, drinking, dressing, and sightseeing left no time to serve God and become his hands and feet to the poor and the outcast. We as modern Christian women can really benefit from this reminder. We may not be distracted by poodles and terriers, but it's all too easy to become distracted by other things in in our modern culture, Facebook and social media and Instagram and Pinterest and our phones, etc. Now, you're never too young to start living a poured out life. So whatever season of life you're in, you can reach out to a lonely neighbor. You can reach out to the elderly in your community. You can serve your own family right in your own home. There are always ways to turn outward to start living a poured out life. And when you begin to do this, you'll discover that this was what you were designed for. This is what God made you for, is to walk in those good works that he had prepared in advance for you. Now, let's get really practical and look at what it means to get beyond ourselves in our own little world. There are between 143 and 163 million orphans in the world. So just right there, that should give us an idea of how great the need really is for Christians to engage in that battle. There are approximately 27 million human slaves in the world. And a lot of that is taking place right in our own country. And we're completely unaware it might be taking place right down the street. Approximately 25,000 people die every day from hunger-related causes, which is one person every few seconds. There are approximately 700,000 foster care children in the United States, and a startling fact is that 70 to 80 percent of prison inmates in the U.S. came out of the foster care system, which shows the great need in that area. Now, these are just a handful of issues for us to take before God and say, Lord, How can I become your hands and feet to some of these needs that I see all around me or open my eyes to these needs because I've been completely unaware? I know for me, I went through a season where God had to awaken me to these incredible needs that were everywhere around me in the world and kind of get me out of my own selfish little bubble. And it was a really eye-opening experience when I simply said, Lord, open my eyes and show me what I can do. 
Let's get practical. Here are some ways you can reach vulnerable children. I just want to offer quite a few suggestions to get you started in the right direction. If you are bored, if you are lacking in purpose, here are some great cures for that. Organize a drive to collect shoes or other supplies for orphans around the world. There are a lot of websites that you can visit that give you the practical way that you can do that. You can provide care packages for orphanages. You can sponsor an orphanage through prayer and raising money for specific orphanages, which is a really amazing thing to do with your church or small group. You can visit orphanages. You can go on a construction trip, a medical trip, or maybe just even a simple outreach trip to interact with these precious children and show them the love of Christ. I remember talking to an orphanage director once who said that just having someone spend individual time with the children can make such a big impact because so often the kids cannot receive one-on-one attention when they're in an orphanage setting. There are ministries that help facilitate those visits to orphanages around the world. You can sponsor a vulnerable child. This can be financial support or a ministry of ongoing encouragement through letter writing and prayer. And this is such a powerful way to to change a child's life for eternity. And there are a lot of organizations like Compassion International and others that help facilitate child sponsorship. You can support adoption. If you know of someone who is adopting, offer to throw a shower for them. The adoption process is just as exciting and emotional as pregnancy and childbirth, but so often adoptive parents don't get treated with the same support or enthusiasm from their friends and family. If you throw the adoptive family a shower, you can help them celebrate the miracle of adopting a child into their home, just as if they were bringing a child into their home by birth. You can also organize meals to be taken to an adoptive family when they're child arrives. When our first adopted child came home from Korea, one of our neighbors organized several families from our neighborhood to bring us meals for the first week or two, and it was so helpful and so encouraging. Another great way to support adoption is to serve at your local crisis pregnancy center, which might also be called a pregnancy resource center. You can go through training to become a counselor for young women who are facing unwanted pregnancies, or you can help the ministry in many other practical ways. A lot of these ministries really are struggling to make ends meet and they need volunteer help and they need practical help. And so find out what your local pregnancy centers need and how you can be involved in meeting some of those needs. You can reach out to foster care children. Over 20 thousand teens every year age out of the U.S. foster care system, and a lot of times they have no place to go after that. Call your local foster care office and let them know that you have the desire to be a support for maybe an older child who is aging out of the foster care system. You can provide care packages for crisis situations. Because of drugs and alcohol and violence, a lot of foster children are pulled out of their homes with no warning, even in the middle of the night. And sometimes they're thrust into a new environment without what's familiar to them, their clothes, their toys, their blankets. Volunteer to make a care package for those kinds of children in those situations and include things like stuffed animals, blankets, toothbrush, toothpaste. It can be such a simple way to bring comfort and peace in an emotionally turbulent moment. You can support local foster care families by volunteering to babysit or to help with housework, cook a meal for them once a week, etc. You can commit to praying for them and offering words of encouragement. You can even be trained to provide respite care, which means temporary foster care, to give the long-term foster families a reprieve. You can connect with foster care families through your local foster care agency. If you just do a quick search online, you'll find a whole list of options. 
Here are some ways you can help the poor. God's heart is very close to the poor. And when you begin to make yourself available, he will show you opportunities and steps of obedience for you to take. One of my favorite messages on serving the poor is from Jackie Pullinger. It's called, Lord, Give Me Your Heart. And you can find it online at sermonindex.net. It's a great way to just start getting your feet wet in ministry to the poor. You'll be challenged if you listen to some of her messages with that call to go, to get out of your comfort zone and go and meet the needs of the poorest people on earth. So prayerfully consider if and when and where God may be calling you to go and reach the poor, whether it's for a season or for the rest of your life. I would also encourage you to read inspiring stories of women who answered God's call to go, such as Lottie Moon, Mary Slessor, Lydia Prince, Jackie Pullinger, Gladys Aylward, Amy Carmichael, and there are many others. You can even serve the poor in America. You don't have to go overseas. Now, the poor in America don't maybe seem as destitute as the poor around the world, but there are still countless families in this country who are struggling with the basics of daily life, such as food and shelter and clothing. So if you visit your local rescue mission or homeless shelter, you can learn about opportunities in your area. You can also get involved with inner city churches in your area to link with poor families who might be in need of assistance. Another group of people that often get overlooked is the persecuted church. Voice of the Martyrs is a ministry that reaches persecuted Christians around the world, and this is what they say about what's going on in persecuted countries. In more than 40 nations around the world today, Christians are being persecuted for their faith. In some of these nations, it is illegal to own a Bible, to share your faith in Christ, to change your faith, or to teach your children about Jesus. Those who boldly follow Christ, in spite of government opposition, can face harassment, arrest, torture, and even death. And yet Christians continue to meet for worship and to witness for Christ, and the church in restricted nations is growing, which is really incredible because in America, we, we so often take our freedoms for granted and forget what other Christians are suffering around the world. You can go to persecution.org as a great way to get started in finding practical ways to become an advocate for those who are imprisoned for their faith. Some of the ways that they suggest are praying for the persecuted around the world, writing words and letters of encouragement to let them know that they're not forgotten, contacting government officials to ask for their release, and giving money to support the prisoners' families who are often left with few resources and barely able to survive. Now, this is just a little snapshot of some of the practical ways that you can start becoming Christ's hands and feet to this world. Don't try to go about it in your own strength. Don't just say, okay, I'm just going to go out there and do anything and everything I can think of. Take some time to really wait on God and pray for that next step of obedience. In the last podcast, when I was talking about the battle for today's young women, I talked about how when you're overwhelmed with a problem or you see a mission field in front of you and you don't know how you can really make a difference, often God's word is start with one. So ask him for that one step of obedience that he is asking you to take. It could be visiting your local nursing home and ministering to one older man or older woman who is lonely and in need of hope. It could be reaching out to your next door neighbor or it could be just putting together a care package for a fostered family, etc. Just ask him for that next step of obedience and ask him to begin showing you those good works that he has prepared in advance for you to walk in. If you offer your hands and feet to Jesus Christ, if you say, Lord, I'm no longer going to live for myself, I'm making myself available to you, I guarantee you he will show you exactly the next step of obedience to take. And if you continue to live with a surrendered, available heart and understand that you really are meant to be his body, his hands and feet to this lost and dying world, you will never struggle with boredom again. 
I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to go deeper into this topic of turning outward and serving and how you can encourage the young women in your life to gain true purpose by turning outward and serving, join us for our Mentoring Young Women Online Summit, which is available for a very limited time at braveheartedchristian.com. This is five hours of in-depth teaching on what it means to reach today's young women for Christ. Have a blessed and Christ-centered week.